What's shaking, my friends? Welcome to my podcast. I am the Trembling EMT, and this is my Parkinson's journey. All right, welcome back, folks. As always, thank you for listening. Um, we're going to try something different today. This is, uh, we're going to be talking, well, first of all, let's stop. Slow down. Episode 34 in the books took me a little bit to, to edit um, because the sound quality was kind of uh, bad on my part. Didn't check my levels and assumed. That being said, today's guest is Miss Katrina Wolf from Agewell Senior Fitness. Um, let's get this interview rolling. Once again, I apologize for the for the bad audio. Um, check the episode notes to find um on you can find her on Instagram, Facebook, her page, agewellseniorfitness.com. We'll mention it at the end of the episode in case you forget, but here goes. Well, okay, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Um, appreciate it. We've been trying to do this for quite some time now. Yeah, it's uh, been a trip trying to get our uh, schedule coordinated. Yeah, we're, we're busy people. Um, so for all our listeners, um, Catherine Wolf. Katrina. Katrina. Katrina Wolves. <laughs> Sorry. And I was trying to find it on my phone. I'm like, I, and then had the number, but didn't save the name. I'm like, she told me the name while we were talking. And now I know the last name's Wolves. Yeah. The last name's Wolf. You just remember it. The hurricane. Like Katrina, the hurricane. Katrina. I, I get a little bit of flack about it. And your, your, your business is? Agewell Senior Fitness. Yes. I do personal training for older adults. My background is um, I'm also a physical therapy assistant. I've been a physical therapy assistant for probably the past 22 years and my specialty in therapy was uh, neurological conditions like strokes and Parkinson's. Um, That's always been my love um, to work with. And about a year ago, I decided to kind of branch out to do personal training in homes because people would ask me if I could come and work with them after they discharge from PT because I do home health care, so I'm in people's homes already. Couldn't do that as a PT assistant, but I can as a personal trainer. I can come in and work with people, and I have a little more freedom as a personal trainer. I can work on total fitness, total body fitness, and not just, you know, the stroke side or not just um you know, gait training and transfer training, I can work towards um, overall general fitness. And I, I really like that. And my love of Parkinson's clients kind of flourished. Also, my dad was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's probably about three years ago. So it became a little more personal at that point. Okay. It's a whole body approach to taking to treating Parkinson's. From eating right to getting good enough sleep and exercising and keeping your mind sharp and active. Yeah, um, the research coming out about Parkinson's and exercise is really exciting right now. Um, I'm a science nerd. I love uh, to read about research and the science behind what we do. And the research right now, I've, I've read an article recently that said 
exercise for people with Parkinson's is as important as their medication. I mean, that's really strong words. Um, but it's, it's exciting to me because there's something you can do proactively besides just taking a pill to help improve your symptoms. And the research shows that Exercise helps your body use the dopamine better. So there is a physiological reason behind um, the, you know, the exercise and Parkinson's connection. It's probably more important for Parkinson's than almost any other client that I work with. So there's a lot of uh, exercise programs popping up around the country for people with Parkinson's, which is really exciting. I work one-on-one with people, and that's not always, you know, financially feasible for everyone. So to see the group programs pop up like your like your rock steady boxing, I think is the one that has the most traction right now. I love those models because not only do people get the exercise, but they're they get a community and it's a positive community. A, a lot of times what I hear from my clients and patients is that they don't go to support because it's depressing. But when you go to an exercise group, everybody is doing something proactive better themselves and it's a more it's a positive environment so that's that's pretty exciting oh yeah no i definitely attest to the the comment that you made about parkinson's being as as important as medication because i've when i've been in a study like routine like when i was taking the um, the big or when i did my strength training every time i would go into a program like and it's usually a couple four three to four weeks and I'd miss a day, like once I got in a routine and I'd miss a day in between, my, um, I'd get the same side effects as, the same side effects as missing my medication. You, people with Parkinson's should exercise for an hour a day at a moderate to high intensity. I mean, that's a lot of exercise. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but in the thing about intensity, something being moderate or high intensity, that's relative to the person. So what's a moderate intensity for you might be different than a moderate intensity for the 80-year-old guy who's using a walker. Yes. Um, so everybody can do that intensity as long as it's cleared by their doctor. Of course, as, as we age, unfortunately, we can have other cardiac or pulmonary things that may... Um, change what kind of exercise we can do. So it's important that people um, check with their doctor before starting an exercise program, find out from the doctor what level of intensity that you can work out at, and then move forward from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a here and there type of thing. To get the benefits of exercise, you really need to do it regularly. And 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 for an hour at a moderate to high intensity, that's, that's a lot of exercise for for someone, for anyone, really. And I know one of the issues with Parkinson's is the fatigue. So it's hard to get that motivation to, oh, I need to exercise today. I'm already so tired and I have all these things around my house to do and I'm supposed to exercise as well. But I think if you can get into the routine and get over the hump, it's full in the long run. No, it has to be that full hour because an hour is intimidating. I know myself, I have a busy schedule and does it have to be an hour solid or can they break it up to like intervals throughout the day? That's what's optimal is an hour. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm a personal trainer and I don't exercise for an hour. Sometimes I walk with my husband for an hour in the evening, but I don't have the time to put an hour every day into it. 
my philosophy for exercise for everyone is something is better than nothing. If you can take a 10-minute walk, then that's better than a zero-minute walk. So the reality of life is the research says an hour. The reality of life is we all only have so much time, especially when you have a family and a job and you need to go to the store and bank and, and you know, so that's the reality of it all. There's what's, what's optimal and then there's what's realistic. So people need to decide what's realistic for themselves. The nice thing about high-intensity exercise is that you get more bang for your buck. So you're getting a higher intensity for like 20 minutes. You don't have to work for 40 minutes to get the same same benefits. And, and that's just general exercise in general. The hour is just um, the research is saying is optimal. But if you can do minutes twice a day, I, I think that's, you know, great. I mean, do what you can. I, when you strive for perfection, sometimes what happens is people don't do anything at all because they can't do it perfectly. Oh, I can't do an hour. I'm not going to do anything. That's something is better than nothing always. Have you have you um looked or read up on the? I think it's called Power. PWR. Yes. Yeah. Um. My goal by the end of this year is to, to get some sort of certification and a Parkinson's exercise group programming. One of them I looked at is the PWR. They actually have a class about three hours away from me in July, but I can't make it. Oh. Um, there's another program out of Ohio called Delay the Disease. I, I'm going to go to that in October. I, 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 uh, I think I just yeah. started following someone on, on uh, Instagram. I didn't realize that was an actual exercise program. What, Delay the Disease? Yes. Yeah, they're out of Ohio. I think the University of Ohio Medical System. I, I'm not positive about that. I was, there's a gentleman in uh, New England who has a has a facility called Dopafit where he works with people with Parkinson's. Um, I love his Instagram page. Yes, but I'm he, actually working on trying to get him do an interview with him. He's a, he's a busy guy. I think he's in Japan this week. Yes. <laughs> But um, probably about a year ago when I first started my business, I messaged him on Instagram and asked him what he, because I was looking at the rock boxing, that's a huge financial investment I didn't have the money to do. Um, so he said that he had done all of the programs and the one that he liked the best was the delayed disease program out of Ohio. So that's, I think, the one that fits my you know, my goals the best. The PWR is just hard to find a program that's close to you because they're all over the country. Most of them are out west. Um, another organization that has some programming is the Brian Brandt Foundation. Yes. I love their page. They're very exercise-oriented, I guess because Brian Brandt is a basketball player. Um, they have, if, if people out there are looking for just some basic information on Parkinson's and exercise. They have a uh, a PDF you can download or print out called Exercise for Parkinson's Recommendations for Managing Symptoms. And it's really, really good because it gives an explanation of why. It gives an explanation of what kinds of exercises you should be doing. It's, it's a really good website and 
lots of great information for everyone. They have a, um, a free continuing education program, uh, webinar for therapists and uh, personal trainers on Parkinson's. It, it, it's really, really good. I really like it. I really recommend it to anybody who has an interest in working with Parkinson's clients or Parkinson's patients. I even recommended it to my dad to look at, look at her because it talks a lot about the medications and how they work and the brain chemistry. And then it goes into the benefits of exercise and the types of exercise. So it's a, it's a really good webinar. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I, when, when we talked last, I, um, I went up and signed up for that training and I was going to say that trainings it's for healthcare professionals, but it's good for anyone. Cause I've learned stuff as a healthcare provider. I've learned stuff, on that side, and as a patient, I've learned stuff on both sides. So it, it's very informative, and it's easy to listen. It's doctors and therapists talking, but they're um, they're pretty. It's pretty basic and pretty understandable the way they explain it, and the materials are great. Yeah, and I recommend it for family members because I think that it gives a good understanding to like spouses and children and about. The things that Parkinson's, people with Parkinson's are stressed with as far as fatigue and memory and um, the medications. So I think it gives a good insight into what people with Parkinson's are struggling with, whereas spouses or family members may just think that their life is being difficult or they don't understand why they're behaving a certain way. I think it's just a really well put together, very understandable seminar for anybody yeah because it also explains the on and off periods that sometimes the um, the patients or the parkinson's patients go through that is, is kind of hard to explain if you're going through it because i when i don't have on and off periods, so the first time i heard the term i was like i i didn't understand it myself and then i spoke to a gentleman last or last Two weeks ago, I had interviewed a gentleman named Joe who has also Parkinson's. Yeah, I, I heard the uh, I heard the first part of that. I haven't I haven't listened to the part two yet. Nice, but um, he he explained the on and off periods, and sometimes those are worse than the than the condition itself because your body's out of whack and trying to adjust, and you're trying to work through it, which is a cycle onto itself. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to say about exercise and Parkinson's is, is that <coughs> right now the boxing is really what's on the forefront. And there's a kind of, I don't want to say a misconception, but people think that boxing is like, that's what they should be doing. Boxing is one of the things that uses the motions that are helpful for Parkinson's. So if boxing's not your thing, it's okay if you don't do it. There's lots of other things that you can work. Tai Chi, um, it can be very good for balance. Um, just general strengthening and stretching. Stretching should be an integral component, especially for Parkinson's, and working on your extensor muscles. The boxing does the quick motions. That's helpful. The Rock City Boxing incorporates um, cognitive challenges. It's called dual pass, where you... Um, you do physical and a cognitive activity at the same time, which is a lot more challenging than you think it is. <laughs> um, but it's it's not 
it's not the only thing. So if there's not a rock steady boxing program in your area, you know, there is, are still lots of things that you can do. General oh. strength training to stretching to Tai Chi to, I mean, yoga is good for the stretching part. Tai Chi is good for the balance part. And, and even uh, uh, just an exercise program using weights and stretching. You should always stretch because Parkinson's sends the curlus up into a little ball, bring us forward into flexion. So that stretching into extension is really important. Unfortunately, when I work in health and home care, I'm seeing people much later in the disease process, and they've got incredibly tight hamstrings, and they're bent forward. And it, it just amazes me how many people were never told to exercise. It was never a part of their plan with their doctor. I think that's changing now because a, a lot of these people were diagnosed, you know, maybe 10 years ago. But I've always been amazed working in physical therapy. Coming, I don't get to see these people until they're, you know, debilitated. When if I had gotten to see them when they were first diagnosed, it could have changed the trajectory of of, of the disease process and and maybe stayed functional a lot longer. Yeah, and that and I think and also a big part of that is ten years ago, like you said, the exercise wasn't seen as a maintenance program. It was just seen as a hey, quick boost to to fix the. The, your current complaint and then and then you do the four weeks and then they sent you back home not realizing that you needed a continuous boost of the, the exercise the regimen into your treatment yeah and, and in physical therapy the the mindset is changing as well I just took a course recently on Parkinson's for a PTA license and the thought process in this course was that your Parkinson's patients, they're kind of on caseload forever. They just come when they have a decline in function, and then you discharge them when they're maintaining, and they maintain on their own. And if they have a decline in function, they come back. So the idea is to get this back in when they start to have a decline in function, not when they have a fall or a break the bone, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that changing in the realm of physical therapy as well. We're getting educated on the importance of lifelong, you know, treatment of, of these patients. And that's also education to the patients to, to let them know, hey, you need the exercise more. I think it's educating all around from the therapist and the patients because now me understanding that I need to exercise more, I'm more caught, more self-aware. And when I feel the decline, calling my doctor and saying, hey, I think I need exercise again and getting back into getting a script and getting back to therapy. So it works yeah. educating everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and doctors are more on board getting people to therapy quicker um, than it used to be that they would, you know, it took something like a fall or, or I can't get out of my care type of thing to get people to therapy. But now it's, it's, the mindset's a little different now. And there's a lot more programs out there like the big program and the PWR, um, <coughs> delayed disease. The PWR and the delayed disease program both have 
two components to them. One is a therapeutic component where PTs, OTs are taught the program. And then the second component is a fitness type component where you kind of graduate from the therapeutic component to the fitness component. And the second component is more education for uh, personal trainers, exercise professionals on how to transition people from the therapeutic part to the um, exercise maintenance type part. So there's a lot more programs out there now. I know the Rock Study Boxing Program also, most of the programs work with physical therapists to do like initial evaluations to make sure that they're safe and what level of uh, the program to put them in because there's different levels for higher functioning and then lower functioning. But one thing I really want to stress is that it's never too late. Even if you know, you're 80 and you're in a wheelchair, you can still exercise. You can. There are still things you can do to help alleviate some of the symptoms. Um, it's, it's never too late to start. Ideally, it's best to start when you're first diagnosed, but if you're just now hearing the news, it's not too late to improve your quality of life through exercise, especially if you're diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yeah, and, there's, and for even for those that might not be like you said my they're they're condi- they're at the later stage and their condition doesn't allow them to do those intense like rock steady boxing there's the 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 big the and I know the power have have levels for people that are in wheelchairs that can't stand or that can't get out of bed but and there's also programs like the dance for parkinsons that mm-hmm. you can do and from your chair just it's just the movements that those big movements are are key. Like and you said earlier, what high intensity means uh, it's not the same thing for everyone. Just like Parkinson's is not the same for everyone. You have to find your what what your intensity is. Like for me, walking walking ten miles is a high intensity workout because I I find I make it high intensity. I, walk the streets with an incline, I go upstairs. So when people, when I say, oh, I walked it, people are like, how's that a workout? Well, I made it a workout because I, I'm, I know what my body can take and I pushed it to that limit. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I walk almost every day and, you know, we, we vary the intensity of the walk depending on how fast we walk. Like you said, hills, putting a hill on your walk can, is, you know, we're getting too old to run. <laughs> I mean, we won't take it anymore. <laughs> so we do a lot of hills and, and the distance and, you know, if you walk, yeah, you can change the intensity of, of your workout. And, you know, some people, I, I have some clients that just doing exercises and standing is a high intensity workout for them. You know, moderate. I don't, I have some clients that are clear for high intensity workouts, but most of my clients are more uh, moderate intensity workouts because my, my clients with the personal trainer are generally people that have medical issues. I have people on oxygen. I have people that have had are recovering from stroke. So I see a little bit of everybody because of my medical background. They feel more comfortable hiring a trainer that has the medical you know, background. A medical background, but I don't. You know, I'm not doing physical therapy with them. We're doing personal training and exercise. But, you know, for, for some of my clients, you know, getting them to stand and, and just row with the, with the bands is a high-intensity workout. 
And that's and that's the importance of exercise because you can it's so versatile and you can tweak it to what you need and to fit to fit you. Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, it's never it's never too late. I, I work with a lot of older adults, and I I can't stress enough how important it is to keep moving. Just keep moving. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like it was when you were 20. But just keep going. Those are the people that I see that are active into, you know, their 80s and 90s or the people who just never stop. You know, it's not as good as it used to be and it's a little slower, but they they just kept moving. And that's so important for Parkinson's to keep moving. You know, like you said, there's different there's different types of exercise that are for Parkinson's, like the the big Mm -hmm. high amplitude movements and um, working the extensors, uh, also incorporating those quick movements like boxing does. Those are, those are important. Um, stretching is an important, important part. Uh, then, you know, incorporating balance challenges and then the dual task of doing a cognitive and a physical exercise together. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I know I'm fault at that. Like, some people don't realize that the cognitive also needs to be exercised as well because it's the brain's a muscle. Yeah. Well, with Parkinson's, people with Parkinson's often, you know, they have to think to walk, you know, to not trip over their feet. They're thinking about, you know, taking longer steps, thinking about walking. But when you're, let's say, out in the community and you have to walk, and you have to maneuver in a parking lot, and there's people walking, and there's cars coming, and, uh, you know, there's kids laughing, and you're trying to filter all that out, and you're trying to make sure you don't get hit by a car, and make sure you're not in somebody's way, and make sure you're picking your feet up big enough, and you're not stuck with your toes. I mean, that's a lot of tasks you're doing at one time. So, And then add, add weather to that, whether it be raining, the w- windy, or icy. I said this this past winter, just walking to my car was an adventure because the walking out walking on ice and when someone slips, the body adjusts pretty quickly. Mine doesn't adjust as quickly as someone without Parkinson's, and it was something that at first I was just like I wasn't aware, and I almost fell a couple times because of it. Yeah, and even walking on the grass can be challenging for some people. That is true. Yeah. Uneven and having divots in you can't look down and see on the grass where those little divots in the ground are. So it's walking on an uneven surface. And I, I know people are often surprised when we may be working on walking in the house and they're doing really well. And then we go and walk up and down the road and they're surprised at how much more difficult it is. And that's just because your brain has to filter out all the unknown. Yeah. Has to filter out. You know, is there a car coming? Well, there's birds singing, there's people talking, there's cars driving by. And we don't realize how hard our brain works to filter all that out so that we can do something as, as what seems as simple as walking. Oh, yeah. No, I noticed that. I think it was when, when I was doing one of the strength training. They, they would add the most simplest tasks to the exercise. And I'd go from flying through the exercise to feeling it miserably just because I had something else to process. And I was just like, holy cow. Like, it's a, it was eye-opening the first couple times they did it. Yeah, and that, that 
leads into what you said about how when you're doing an exercise that you're used to and you add something else and it made it more difficult, that goes to the whole idea of practice what you want to do. If you're having trouble getting out of a chair, practice getting in and out of a chair. If you're having trouble walking on the grass, practice walking on the grass. Whatever we practice, we lay down a neural pathway and we become good at it. Like if, if I were to go out and pick up a golf club and try to hit a golf ball, it would look hideous. But the, <laughs> the more I practice it, the better I would get at it. I would be laying down a neural pathway in my brain to remember how to do that particular activity. And so that's the same for everything else, whether it's walking or getting in and out of a chair or getting in and out of bed, um, getting in and out of a car. The more you practice that particular activity, the more your body will lay down that neural pathway that it remembers how to do that. So when people are struggling with something functional like that, and they ask me, you know, what exercise should I do if I can't get out of the chair? Well, you should practice getting out of the chair. You know, what exercise should I do to help me you know, get in and out of bed? Well, you should practice getting in and out of bed. Those functional activities will lay down those neural pathways and strengths and make you better at them, just like if you were learning to golf or, or swing a, a baseball bat or tennis racket. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, because practice makes perfect, as the terms... For everything. Yeah. Um, so any last words for our listeners on, on anything? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of exercise. Um, they can find me at ageofseniorfitness.com. I'm happy to answer any questions people might have about Parkinson's and exercise or exercise and, and anything really. Uh, if you don't know the answer, I might be able to send you the direction to find the answer. Um, there isn't much in this world that exercise can't improve to some degree. Um, something is better than nothing. If all you can carve out of your day is 10 minutes or all you can tolerate is 10 minutes, then do those 10 minutes. It's, it's 10 minutes well spent. Exactly. Now, you said Age Well Fitness. Is that, are you on Facebook, Instagram? Age Well Senior Fitness. Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I have a website as well. All right. And I'll, for those listening, I'll put it on the episode, all the links and stuff. I'll put it on the episode notes so you guys can find her. All right. That was great. Agewellseniorfitness.com. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview. Important stuff. Um, never too late. A little bit. Something is better than nothing. Get started. Talk to you guys later. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. This has been my podcast, My Parkinson's Journey. And as always, I am your host, the Trembling EMT. Stay strong. Keep moving forward.